In this episode of The Interface, I speak with Michael Pysons, a mechanical engineer for Amphenol Antenna Solutions in Conover, North Carolina. Mike is part of the ARFOB engineering rotational program, and this is his first of three rotations. We talk about using his experiences in electrical engineering and coding to help with his mechanical engineering while working with antennas. We talk about his interest in the rotational program early in his college years and how his persistence in pursuing it paid off. We talk about his young explorations in how things work, like repairing kitchen sinks and coding video games from scratch. We talk about how he's spending his time in North Carolina, and of course, we discuss his Desert Island album, book, and movie. This is The Interface. Mike, thanks for joining us today. I was referred to you from Ed at Corporate um, as you're part of the ARFOB Engineering Rotational Program. But tell me a little bit first about where, what Amphenol division that you're working for and what you're currently doing right now. Yeah, so currently I'm working at Amphenol Antenna Systems in Conover, North Carolina. And I am involved in making a lot of the uh, designs for antennas where I have to sort out mechanically how different electrical components will fit on an antenna and make sure that they're structurally sound and easy to construct. So doing a lot of SolidWorks work and some 3D printing, um, some light work on the floor, along with a little bit of coding here and there to change it up with MATLAB and Python. Mm. Most of my work is involving either designing the mechanical parts of antennas or occasionally I do a little bit of patent work and the coding aspect too of trying to help out electrical. So so a little bit of everything, huh? Or a lot of different things yeah. at least. Yeah, I had a an electrical engineering internship. Oh, okay. In the past, right now I'm a mechanical engineer. That's yeah. what my degree was in, but I was able to get an electrical engineering internship and that gave me a decent amount of flexibility with what I work on. Mm -hmm. And I've also always coded for fun. So it allows me to bridge gaps decently and kind of see more of a full picture of what I'm doing. Yeah, it's interesting. So you're touching in your job mechanical, electrical, and you're doing some coding as well. Uh, yeah. And your degree is in mechanical, but the other two you've just kind of picked up, whether it be through internships or personal interests. Uh, does yeah. it, does it, I'm assuming it helps your mechanical engineering abilities when you bring all these together. Is that, is that true? Yeah, it helps heavily Yeah, with mechanical, um, especially now where everything has electronics in it. Mm -hmm. It's hard to get a gauge on why you're doing a lot of the different mechanical setups you have, whether that's positioning or distances when you don't know the reasoning that electrical components can't be close in certain instances, for example, or just different electrical constraints. So you could, without any engineering knowledge or electrical engineering knowledge, mm -hmm. do the work that I'm doing, but it helps a lot to understand why I'm placing components the way I am and things like that. Can you give an example? And, you know, you can feel free to you know, get technical for a second, but give me an example of how your electrical engineering background has helped you in a mechanical situation. Yeah, so um, for example, right now I'm trying to design a 
panel antenna, which can basically transmit a signal anywhere in front of it. Mm -hmm. And in this panel antenna, there's a bunch of smaller antenna elements that right. are placed next to each other. Mm -hmm. And if these elements or the power dividers in the back of the panel antenna get too close, then there can be electrical interference. So currents can be induced between wires, for example, and then that change in um, electrical current in the wires can completely destroy the signals that are being read or transmitted. So understanding that and kind of knowing what to be cautious of can prevent a lot of mistakes that um, will happen later when you're testing the antenna that you can't really see just right. putting the 3D model in SolidWorks. So in a typical process then for a mechanical engineer who might not have the electrical experience you have, would they then have to bring in as they design this an electrical engineer in order to basically give it a once over and make sure that everything is placed in the proper position? Yeah, so the branch I work at now, mechanicals and electricals work really in tandem. So you never need to be afraid of asking a question to right. an electrical engineer right. if you're cautious, but it definitely reduces the amount of times you need to nag someone in electrical engineering to check on a certain aspect and have them explain something to you. It's more of a convenience thing. Yeah. And it just gives a little flexibility with kind of little side projects you can branch out with. Forgive me if I sound very basic when I ask these questions, as I warned no you problem. before we started. Um, I am not the most technical person when it comes to to, uh, to this type of technology, especially antennas. Uh, other than you know pulling it up on my old transistor radio when I was a kid in the '80s um, to you know pick up uh, uh, New York City radio stations or something, I don't know much about antennas. Uh, so, did you know a lot about antennas when you first got there, or was it just a natural extension of things that you would already either studied or done for jobs? Yeah, I did not know anything about antennas themselves going into it, mm -hmm. and I'm two months in, so I still have a lot to learn. I mean, sure. people spend four years getting degrees for specifically antennas, so antennas themselves are really daunting, but... There's a lot of different resources online that are able to get me up to speed enough to where general terminology and basic principles of how they work right. are now kind of understood. Antennas themselves, though, are kind of black magic <laughs> with a lot of the things they do. You are part of the engineering rotational program for Amphenol RF Optics and Broadband. Um, this is the first of three jobs at, at three different Amphenol uh, divisions within the ARFOB group. Can you describe from your point of view what this whole engineering rotational program is all about and why you wanted to be a part of it? Yeah, so I've been interested in the rotational program since my freshman year of, at University of New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. And what really caught my eye was I talked to the recruiter, Ed, about uh, the company itself, and then he told me about the rotational program and getting a different role each year. Mm -hmm. And the mechanical and electrical kind of interplay perfectly lines up with my interest. So for the next two years, I was just always kind of nagging at trying to get my foot in the door. <laughs> yeah. And then Good for you. Yeah. I was able to finally get an interview 
once I got through all the classes I needed. Yeah. And yeah, I just really got excited about having a chance to try all the different aspects of Amphenol's electrical side of the company mm-hmm. and see the full picture of what they're doing just because I'm 21. So I haven't had that much experience and just having the different managerial uh, styles that I'll have to go through and see all these different technologies that I'll have to work with just sounds really refreshing to do for three years. Right. So that got me really excited. And the end goal of it is to have me either understand all those, the pluses and minuses of the managers I had and set me up well to become a manager for engineering in a branch or to just see the full picture of how an antenna works. And then once I do engineering for that, be able to be really flexible and have a deep knowledge compared to someone who's only seen maybe a third of everything that goes into an antenna. Are you going to try to stick within the the antenna portion of the the group? At this point, I'm not sure. Okay. There's The next two rotations I'll be doing are going to be One's just going to be in RF, radio frequency mm-hmm. uh, systems, and then the other one's going to be in fiber optics. Okay. So all three of those sound really interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. And I probably won't know until maybe the last month or two of my third <laughs> rotation. Yeah. So just going with the flow at this point. So right now you're at Antenna Solutions, which, as you pointed out, is in Conover, North Carolina. I know you're from the Massachusetts, New Hampshire area. What's it been like moving to and living in Conover, North Carolina? Much different from where you grew up. Yeah, I've absolutely loved it. So New Hampshire and Mass were nice, but I'm outdoors a lot. So (laughs) six months of the year, it's kind of me getting cabin fever. And then the other six months, summers up there are pretty nice, but there's only so many trees to look at up there. Kind of got repetitive <laughs> after 20 years. Yeah. So I figured I'd just try and move down south after college and see what it was like living down here. But weather and I'd say just how people are day to day just seem a lot happier. Mm. And it's been really refreshing. I like it a lot. Oh, that's and good. also, yeah, Conover's an hour north of... Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to go to Charlotte a lot. And it's also four hours away from Smoky Mountains. Right. Four hours away from Atlanta and four hours away from beaches like Charleston. Yeah. So there's been a few weekends where I've been able to visit all those. And yeah, the location overall is pretty good to just kind of get an overall impression of just life down here. You haven't picked up the accent yet, though. No, I might give a y'all or two somewhere in this, but that's really all I've started to pick up. No, that's great. I'm glad to hear that so far so good on the rotational program, uh, step one at at Antenna Solutions. And yeah, I'm sure you'll love the fact that you'll get to go to uh, different divisions that are run very differently from AAS and how you can contrast and compare. Um, You'll get a really broad experience uh, engineering wise for the group. That's going to be fantastic. Now, you grew up wanting to get into engineering, I'm assuming, when you growing up in New England, right? Yeah. Most people do. <laughs> At least the engineers. Uh, you know, I've said before, I've talked to a lot of engineers, and almost 
I think there's only been a couple I've talked to that they didn't think about it until they were in college. And then it was like, maybe I'll try this. Um, most engineers know from an early age, you know, 10 or younger, that they just like to figure out how things work, how to build things. Was that the same way for you? Yeah, I was kind of obsessed with it yeah. when I was a kid. How so? was able to... Um, I remember when I was five, my parents took me to Disney World. Mm-hmm. And I was there... We were just walking around and we were near NASA's launch center. Yeah. And I was just complaining multiple times about not watching the rocket launch that was happening that day while they had me in Disneyland wanting to choke me. <laughs> so I was just always obsessed with either flight or electronics, trying to figure out different aspects of how everything works. And yeah, I would just spend most of my childhood either kind of taking part and putting together things or watching how it's made or Mythbusters, uh, which is pretty conventional for an engineer. But yeah, I just did all that and it never really faded. So it was really nice going into college because I didn't have to do much thinking about what I'd be jumping into. But yeah, I love engineering. So that's, that's good. And that's, you know, it's excellent that you know, you're one of the few, I guess, unfortunately, that knows instantly, like, I know what I want to go to school for. I've known about it all my life. I want to be an engineer. So that's what I'm going to study. Um, most people, yeah. as you well know, uh, myself included, we're not like that. You know, you figure out three or four different things you want to do before you settle on what you really want. So that's that's good to know. What was something that, if you could remember, that you took apart and put back together because of your curiosity of some how something worked when you were younger? I would do a lot of Legos and stuff starting out, but eventually I would start to take apart and put together laptops and things like that. Oh. And then there was one point where I think I was 14 or 15 where I didn't ever really do construction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't do much physical building and I just decided to take apart the kitchen sink while my uh, family was gone and they came back to just all these tubes on the ground and everything. They're pretty annoyed at me, but after two hours, I was able to fix these three issues that were nagging me with the sink yeah. for the past few years. And that just kind of breathe, like breathed some more life into all the stuff I'd take apart and put back together. So just things like that. <laughs> that could have gone one of two ways, right? You'd either be a, a mechanical engineer or a plumber. And plumbers make a pretty good living, so I guess you could have gone yeah. that route as well. But uh, yeah, I can imagine if I walked in and my son was, you know, in the middle of dismantling a, a major appliance in our kitchen, I would probably be pretty annoyed too. Uh, but as long yeah, as he put it back move. together, yeah, it is a bold move. <laughs> yeah. Similarly, when I was a kid, I thought I was mechanically inclined. I took apart. I'm sure you've heard of an Atari system. Yeah, I took apart an Atari system and a number of cartridges because I wanted to see how it worked. I couldn't figure it out and had no clue how to put it back together. And my (laughs) parents were not happy with me. So there's just these little microchips from the cartridges lying around my room and elsewhere. So, um, yeah, I didn't complete the second step. So I was really great at taking it apart. I had no clue how to put it back together. So great. That's half the battle. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so if you need someone to take something apart, just give me a call. I'll help you out. <laughs> Where did you go to college for mechanical engineering? Um, I went to the University of New Hampshire. Okay. It was Yeah, it's maybe 30 minutes away from the coast. Mm-hmm. So southern New Hampshire. And 
I did it kind of un- unconventionally. So I did it in a three-year stretch just because I didn't really like how slow college was going. And because of that, I went to UMass Lowell for a summer oh, okay. too. And UMass Lowell was actually really nice. Their math program and all that helped out a lot with uh, college overall. So mostly UNH and then three classes at UMass Lowell. How did you get into coding? Where did that interest come from? I used to just play video games a lot. Yeah. And I used to take them. I haven't. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't touched them for three or four years now. But when I played them a lot, I got really interested in just how the video games are working. And that got me interested in Java. So I learned Java. And then just over time, there'd be little side projects I'd want to do where I'd want to make applications. And I learned Python and MATLAB. Mm-hmm. over time, and then a little bit of HTML. But yeah, just as I kept wanting to make things, I would learn coding. And I just learned code depending on what I needed to do. So for example, I wanted to make a snake game. So I just downloaded Python and then spent like four days nonstop trying to make snake. And I was able to make like a leaderboard and everything. It looked pretty official. So really? Yeah, it was Th- pretty good. Does this thing still exist? Yeah, it's buried on my laptop, but it's not bad considering I just kind of taught myself Python and then started making it. So I would just find a project, and then if I wanted to do it, I would just get so absorbed in it that I would have to force myself to learn it. It's helped a bit at Amphenol, for example, because now I'll make little apps for the pattern data or the basically the data of um, where antennas have really high or really low gain, which is just how well they transmit. Mm-hmm. And I'll make uh, little apps to help show how well the antennas are transmitting and produce files for marketing and stuff like that. So it comes into play a little bit, which is nice. At the risk of sounding naive, what is a snake game? Snakes just when you start out as three little dots going across the screen. Yeah. And then there's um, usually a red dot or two that you need to run into and then the back of the snake will get longer so to turn into four dots then you eat another dot and it turns five okay it was it's an old game yeah but i'm there may be someone who's going to listen to this going i cannot believe he doesn't know what snake is but eh, wouldn't be the first yeah it's not a really complicated game it's 2d it was a old arcade game but that was what got me to learn python and then matlab was just school had tons of MATLAB. That one wasn't really avoidable, but I did learn a lot of different MATLAB things I think most wouldn't. So I got really into a bunch of uh, aerospace classes Mm. and with aerospace, uh, just monitoring the fluid flow is not really possible with math after a certain point once you have turbulence and all that. So you need to just take videos and model a flow once it gets too complex. Mm -hmm. And I'd use MATLAB to make videos of uh, waves moving in water over time. Hmm. So you could use like a thermal camera, for example, and aim it at water. And if you put ice cubes in the water, yeah, they act as decent tracers and you can see how it moves. And yeah. then based off of how pixels move, you can make vectors to see how the fluid changes over time at in different speeds at different p- places. So I'd make videos using that, and that was really fun. And now my MATLAB skills are pretty good. So a lot of the coding I do was just 
for example, the fluid thing, it's not really something that you need to learn, but it just would come as a result of me wanting to figure it out and then just kind of brute forcing my way. You're just expanding your skill set. That's really what you're doing, yeah. right? Yeah. No, I mean, you, it certainly sounds like you have an, an endlessly curious mind when it comes to a lot of different engineering disciplines, which I'm sure will serve you well as you continue to move not only throughout this program over the next couple of years, but you know throughout the rest of your career, whether it be at Amphenol or otherwise. So um, that, good for you. Kudos to you. Yeah. I mean, you certainly have found uh, what uh, you are passionate about. There's no question about that. So I know you said when you're not at work, you've been traveling around a little bit, checking out the South um, between uh, you know Charlotte and Atlanta and the Smoky Mountains and and uh, Charleston and all that. What else? What else do you like to do uh, in your free time other than be outdoors? Um, is that does that satisfy you, or are there other things you like to do? Yeah. So with COVID and everything, I'm guessing you've heard of it. I've spent the <laughs> past year really pent up. So once yeah. I moved down here. I've just been trying to do as much as I could get my hands on. So I've tried just traveling everywhere in the South that I can reach because with the rotational program, it'll probably be my only summer down here for a while. Mm -hmm. So since I only have a year, I've been trying to see as much as possible. And then that's gotten me into trying to document it a bit. So I got a DSLR and I'm trying to do a little photography and videos and stuff like that for the trips and just edit all that to try and kind of preserve my time here. And being down here also, there's a lot of rock climbing related stuff. Mm -hmm. So I try and do rock climbing a little bit and I'm also a pretty avid runner. So those take up a decent majority of my time outside of work. Great. I'm glad to hear that you've, you've taken the opportunity, which is fantastic to go and move to a different area of the country as part of work. And you're not just kind of sitting on your hands, resting on your laurels. You're taking full advantage of it and checking out everything there is to see or as much as possible about the southern portion of the United States, see areas that you've never seen before. And then what I do myself as well, you document all this stuff. because It's just nice to go back and relive some of those memories. So that's that's great. Good for you. Yeah. And it's pushed me out of my comfort zone a lot socially, too. It was... I kind of liked the idea of moving south because of this, but I had to drop most of the people I knew from New Hampshire and Mass and just kind of start fresh yeah. with my whole life. So it's been really nice trying to figure out how to socialize with people and just, yeah, have no external influence or whatever. I feel like I've been able to figure out what I do a lot, want to do a lot more. And I've met a decent amount of people because I was just, plopped here and then I've just had to do whatever I want to find new friends for example again as a 21 year old it's a deep thinker that's it's great I like to hear it that's good so in the deep thinking vein now as we wrap up all right you ready for a a little thought experiment then uh well kind of a thought experiment I put you on a desert island by yourself and I say you can bring with you one album one book, and one movie to entertain you. We'll start with the album. What album would you bring? Yeah, so I'm most into music. So if I had to go with an album, I'd probably go with A Day at the Races by Queen. Queen, that's the second Queen reference in the last few weeks. 
Okay. Yeah. I like Queen a ton. It's mostly Queen and Kanye, which don't really have <laughs> much in common. But yeah, yeah, those two bands I love. So not the yeah, those two artists I love. So Queen and Kanye. That's a that's a pair I had never thought of before. But uh, okay, uh, Queen's great. Um, so always a good yeah. choice. Uh, how about a book? Yeah, for books. Since I moved down here, I've started reading for probably the first time in my life because I didn't want to get a TV so I would be forced to do stuff in the South. Right. So I've been going to libraries a bit. So if I had to choose one, I'm in the middle of The Shining now, so I guess I would just choose that so I could finish it on the island because I'm already hooked. A great old school Stephen King story. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty generic. I yeah. read some of the newer ones that he had, but yeah. felt weird that I read all his new ones no one heard of and not The Shining. So, <laughs> Yeah. No, The Shining's a yeah. great one controversial with the movie which veers wildly from the book much to stephen king's chagrin i think but uh no yeah. great books i've read all those too i think over the years um always yeah, entertaining and for the for movie sure. yeah and for movie the shining I probably yeah i probably won't do that to myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that'd be a little I'll, I'll awkward mix it up a yeah. little bit i'd probably go with django django, uh, django and jane by yeah quentin tarantino the tarantino version yeah yeah yeah. I don't watch many movies, but that's one of the four that I could sit through. <laughs> so I like Willy Wonka a lot too, but yeah, I guess Django's longer. So if I only have one movie. Yeah, great movie. And you can never go wrong with Tarantino. Even his yeah. not great movies are still better than most everyone else's movies. Yeah. All right. So I hope I get a TV on the island, but. Yeah, you do. Um, it only okay. plays one movie, though, and you only have access to one album, and you can only bring one book. So, yeah, and there is power just for those things. That's it. That's how this That's how this game works. Again, it's a thought experiment. Awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you did well. You passed. So, listen, Sweet. Mike, thank you very much for doing this. Very engaging conversation. Again, um, for a, a younger person like yourself, I, I sense a deep thinker, which is um, always nice to have in the company. And I think you're really going to love uh, as you continue exploring the Amphenol world here, uh, specifically in the RF world, and figure out what you want to be when you grow up, right? Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. It's been great talking to you.